Welcome to Powerless to Powerful. This is the Great Awakening of the Masculine Soul, Chapter 11, the Phase 2R, Relationships and the Five Pillars. In the last chapter, you and I discussed transformation. Rebuilding a life we crumbled in our addiction requires a thorough and dramatic positive change in the eight areas we discussed. As it relates to relationships in Phase 2, our focus becomes what I call the five pillars. These pillars provide essential support for our life on the positive side of addiction. Each is essential. Without one of these pillars, your structure lacks the integrity to stand powerful in the image and likeness of our Creator. As you and I go through each of the five, there is one important thing to realize. Having these is the result of practicing these in all our affairs. What I mean is this. Praying for these doesn't mean God will grant me these, but what He will grant me is opportunities to practice these. Pillar number one is patience. The first of the five pillars is patience. Patience is the ability to accept something without frustration or anger. The ability to accept a situation doesn't mean I have to like the situation. Our addictive minds want immediate gratification. Learning to be patient with others helps us learn to be patient with ourselves. I must avoid frustration and anger like I would the plague. When I ask God to give me patience, I better be ready. What I get is opportunities that require my patience. I pray for patience. God gives me the lady in front of me in line at the grocery with two kids, a cell phone, and 25 items in the 15 or less line. I pray for patience. God gives me a funeral procession when I am late going somewhere. Patience is a muscle that gets stronger with use. Patience happens when I live life in the moment and not in a chaotic frenzy. Patience is peace. Pillar number two is tolerance. I heard a guy in recovery say one time, I am an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. That's really funny, but think about that as it relates to life and active addiction. One of the greatest gifts going to 12-step meetings taught me is the principle of tolerance. The recovery community is diverse, right? We come in all shapes and sizes, both genders, all colors and backgrounds. Addiction is not selective. One of the greatest messages in, in the recovery community is principles before personalities. Remember my definition of ego? Things I want you to see about me that I really don't like about myself. I had spent the better part of my life trying to prove to you I was someone I wasn't. Today at a 12-step meeting, I can be tolerant of you because I have done the work to be tolerant of myself. I can sit next to you today and not have to prove that I am better than you, but more importantly, I can sit there and not feel less than you either. Pillar number three is forgiveness. All right, here we go, forgiveness. Does that word make your skin crawl? For many of us, it did. If you were anything like me, you had said, I'm sorry so many times they quit counting. If you were anything like me, I'm sorry, no, I really am this time. I mean it, I promise, is a phrase I said so many times, I quit counting. Our actions in active addiction create so many circumstances, both short-term and long-term, for which we must seek forgiveness. Rebuilding relationships and recovery is tricky. I learned very quickly, just because I was finally free from active addiction, the world didn't line up to applaud and forgive me. Now, there are several things I have to understand about forgiveness. The first is the word empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand how someone else feels. I put the people around me in a bad place because of my addiction. When I finally made it to recovery, I guess I expected them to just turn the page. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Recovery has taught me to slow down and try to see the world through someone else's experience. I remember like it was yesterday when Horace W. heard me complaining about an issue 
me and my ex-wife were having, and he said, it's about time you go to an Al-Anon meeting so you can see what you put her through. You know what? He was right. I went to several family group meetings, and I listened empathetically to what those people had been through. Grateful for the guidance of men like Horace. I sure needed it. The second thing I have to understand about forgiveness is that it, can, is that it can't be on my terms on my time. When I did that eighth step and became willing to make amends to them all, I realized my willingness doesn't always bring about someone's willingness to wipe the slate clean. I've listened to guys over the years say, I'm clean and sober. I did what she wanted me to. How the hell can she not forgive me? Sound familiar? Yeah, me too. I know from experience, my willingness is the key. My willingness to say, I know I have said I'm sorry hundreds of times when I didn't mean it. This time, I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Forgiveness is a process. But remember this, the best amends I can make is changed behavior. Now, I could go on and on for hours about forgiveness. It is so vitally important to rebuilding the lives we crumbled because of our addiction. Forgiveness can be a stumbling block or a stepping stone. But here is what I feel is the most important thing to understand about forgiveness. There are not varying degrees of forgiveness. You either live in it or you don't. When I do my step work holding on to resentments myself and then trying to figure out why someone else doesn't forgive me creates a major disharmony in my internal system. If I can't forgive 100%, how can I expect to be forgiven? Living in forgiveness is freedom. But here's the kicker about forgiveness. I have to have done the work on me that I can forgive the one who needs to be forgiven the most. Who is that? It's me. Forgiving myself means no more games, no more illusions. Forgiving myself means I can release the past and work on better todays. I forgive myself of all the promises I made that I didn't fulfill, all the dreams and time I squandered, all the mistakes and all the missed opportunities, all the unrealized potential of my past as a man, a husband, a father, and a child of God. When I say the serenity prayer and am grateful for the wisdom to know, to di know the difference, that wisdom means I have the courage to change the one thing I can, me. I forgive myself today, and you should forgive yourself today, too. Pillar number four is kindness. When my dad's journey on this earth ended in January of 2018, I can't tell you what a difficult time that was for me. I love my dad. I never one time considered booze or pills as a means to deal with the pain. He was the dad that would take the red-eye flights to make it home so as not to miss one of my sports events. He was the dad that was involved in everything I did and everything my kids did. He was one of the greatest influencers in my life because of the principle you and I are going to discuss right now. No, it wasn't the fact that he and my mother had the kind of marriage we all strive for because they, they would both tell you God is at the center. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the fact that he, that up until his death, he and mom took the time to come see me get every recovery birthday chip that I ever got at the aftercare program where I went to treatment. Yep, 18 times he was there. Now, I can go on and on, but here is the one thing I got as a lesson in life from my dad. Be kind no matter what. At his visitation and funeral, I couldn't begin to tell you how many times I heard, I loved your dad. He was the kindest man I ever knew. One guy sent me an email that said, I always admired your dad because he was the only person who was kind to me when I couldn't do anything for him. What a legacy, huh? There are only two kinds of people, 
those who show us how to act and those who show us how not to act. Thanks, Pop, for showing me that I can be kind no matter what. Pillar number five is love. Corinthians 1, chapters 13, verse 13, and the greatest of these is love. Here's what I know about my concept of God. I don't ask you to adopt this as your own, but hope you find this to strengthen your connection. God works through people. I think too often we are waiting for a sign from God that shows up in people. He shows up in burning bushes all around us, and we just keep going through life with our blinders on, asking, God, where are you? When we raise our awareness and take our blinders off, we realize there are burning bushes everywhere, just like the people who God is working through. I know for me, God shows up in conversations I have, books I read, and social media posts. I know God shows up when I am ready because I know God is always ready. Every single person in this world has within them the essence of the purest love of God. doesn't matter who they are, from the pulpit to under the bridge, there is a piece of this love in each of us. The totality of that love is God. That is why we long for human connection. Connection with positive, powerful people reveals what we want from ourselves. We want to live in God's glory, and it is found through connecting God's love in our families, our communities, and our world. I say it all the time when it comes to recovery. God is here. Keep coming back until you find him.